College Sports Live. So the rain has settled and the sun is shining on Team Trackhouse for a second straight weekend. We kick off a new week with you right here on Charlotte Sports Live. I got Grace Grill beside me. I am Carla Gebhardt and we are with you here for the next 30 minutes. How about NASCAR? They had a new race and they had a new face win it all. We'll hear from Shane Van Gisbergen after he took the checkers in Chicago this weekend. The Braves are basically sending the entire team to Seattle for the All-Star game. But tonight we start out in California because we've been talking about these rookies for what seems like a month now. Right. And we finally got to see them on the floor tonight. We did get to see them, Grace. So let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. The Hornets getting started before the Vegas Summer League with the Cla California Classic. So I guess this is like pre-Summer League, before Summer League. Tonight they take on the San Antonio Spurs in Sacramento. But no Victor Wembanyama on this one. And, I mean, thank goodness, right? We did see uh, second overall pick, Brandon Miller, though. He slices down the lane for the first bucket from the field, so that's good. Slow start for the rookie, but he finished with 18 points and five boards. This is Bryce McGowan's, though, taking a shot from deep, draws the foul, and hits the bucket, but he would complete the four-point play, Grace. One of the last plays of the game, how about Miller from the top of the key, takes it himself down Main Street, up and under for the circus shot finish. Could be a flash of something special from the second overall pick, although the Spurs win 98-277. Charlotte back at it on Wednesday against the Warriors. So obviously, I was disappointed in this one because Victor Wembanyama was not playing because everybody, yeah. that was the point. It was like, okay, it was our first time to see Miller, number two against number one. I understand why he wasn't playing, but it right. was just like, ah, you were yeah. waiting for it. Waiting for that moment. If you're looking at the Hornets, though, and you're a Hornets fan, you're like, oh, man, this was just not a great game to watch. But it really did get off to a slow start. I mean, I think they only had, what, 11 points in the – the first quarter gave up, what, 32, so uh, not a lot of good offense, not a lot of good defense. And then, yeah, I mean, Brandon Miller, you look at his performance, a terrible first half from him. He had six fouls alone and only five points in the first half, but he was able to bounce back, we'll give, and that is the key to, to We'll tonight. give that jitters. We're going to give yeah, the whole yeah. team jitters-wise <laughs> because, like, when I heard, when Victor Wembanyama wasn't playing, I don't know if this makes this worse that right. he wasn't in the lineup and they still lost by 21 points. That's what makes me nervous. The yeah. other thing too is like we know obviously with the way they've drafted mm -hmm. and who they brought up, they want to they play the guard game, right? They yeah. want to be a perimeter team. I like that Miller's first points were in the paint because mm -hmm. I think that's just good a good yeah. omen, but Kai Jones with only two, so that tells you where the center is. Yeah, the state of the center in Charlotte. With that, also Brandon Miller uh, from the three-point line in the fourth quarter, and you know maybe if you're looking at the comeback win, some work that he can do in the fourth quarter that was key. Bryce McGowan's also I thought was yeah. pretty impressive. And showing Richards, tonight. Nick Richards, yeah. both of them putting up uh, quality numbers, so that was good to see as well. All right, well the Hornets finally came to terms with Miles Bridges. However, it's not the long-term deal they were probably hoping for. Instead, ESPN is reporting Bridges signed a one-year qualifying offer for $7.9 million. That means next summer, the 6'7 forward out of Michigan State will be an unrestricted free agent and is free to go anywhere he wants. Here's another thing, though. The deal apparently gives Bridges veto power in the event that Charlotte wants to trade. All right, on to the Carolina Panthers as we await for training camp at the end of the month. We know that there's been a big to-do about Bryce Young's size, but today the QB revealed through a photo that he's made maybe a few changes. Fans reacting, saying they've noticed maybe put on a little bit more size. But, I mean, when we mean size, we mean weight and muscle. He also changed his hairstyle as well. But that's the lesser of the things that fans really noticed today. Here is how Bryce Young measured up at the combine for anyone who doesn't already know, though Young was listed at six foot by Alabama. Before the draft, he came in at 5'10", 204 pounds. 
and his hands measured nine and three quarters. We know that's a big deal uh, from Kenny Pickett last year. The smallest, <laughs> though, he is the smallest uh, quarterback, first overall pick to date. And so you look at the picture. Did you see this picture today? I did see this today. So was this the next PR move? Because we everybody <laughs> in sports knows, like, okay, we're going to be talking about his height until he proves us all wrong. Right. It's the only thing we have on him. Um, so now the PR move is just get your hair done and have them talk about that. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the hairstyle. Uh, I'm thinking people are looking – he's looking a little more broad, a little more beefy, and that's what you want to see, right? Because he can't he can affect his height, but he can put on some weight, some size, and some muscle, and uh, yeah. And he needed to. He did. That was – I mean, I think everybody that goes into the, the next – the next step in the NFL, yeah. they got to put on some weight because you're going to have that that first hit. You don't want that. That's going to rock you a little yeah. bit. And I'm he's got a couple more weeks to do that, right? Yeah. Well, we got a couple more weeks to add to an already busy schedule. Training camp is just around the corner now that we are officially in the month of July. Young and the rest of the rookies report to Spartanburg July 22nd. Then the veterans come just three days later, and the real work begins on the 26th. Our CSL team will be down there every day. Be sure to follow along right here on Fox Charlotte. Man, what an experience in the crowd out here. Like, this was so cool. Everyone was, the racing was really good. Everyone was respectful and it was tough, but a lot of fun. Oh, anything is possible, but, you know, the, the fans in Australia and New Zealand, the response this week and the coverage has been, uh, I, I can't explain it, like the response and the support I've got from everyone and even over here, how welcoming everyone is. I, I can't believe it. Dream come true. Making his NASCAR Cup Series debut, Shane Van Gisbergen takes the checkers in Chicago, the first driver to win his first start since Johnny Rutherford back in 1963. A wild weekend in the Windy City. The 100-lap race trimmed to 75 laps due to weather. It made this one interesting, especially with, you know, forcing teams and maybe change a little strategy down those final miles. What were your takeaways from it? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I I was a little nervous about the Chicago street course because, you know, it felt like they really threw it together. But honestly, you know NASCAR, they know, you know that they do a good job and they really planned this out. The rain added a totally different element, but NASCAR was able to overcome that. And, and I think you look at this event and you think how great – I mean, it was a great event. It was a great race, and, and certainly fans are looking forward to maybe more street courses, maybe them to go back to Chicago. But you think about how great of an event it would have been if the rain had not really affected the weekend for the Xfinity Series, for, for practice, for all of those things. Were you surprised with the winner? I mean, I don't think anybody would have called that. But right. just, like, do you think he had an advantage with just his – well, I think a lot of people say that he did have an advantage because he raced supercars and he's a three-time series champion in that sport. And and you look at the way that he – a lot of the drivers were talking about the way that he used the pedals, the way that he brake shifted, all of these things. And, and it's a big advantage with the way that, that he was able to, to work that car differently than a NASCAR Cup Series driver would. And so, you know, a lot of these drivers feel like they, they got – kind of showed up, you know, in a sense by, by Van Gisbergen. But uh, you know what? I, I like it. I think it brings more eyes to to the racing. So Yeah, I thought it was great. I also just like it's just something new for NASCAR. I also we had made our picks uh, prior to this race of who we thought. And I had obviously Jimmy Johnson right. wasn't in this race. Um, we wish his, yeah, we wish his family yeah. well, obviously. But I gave it to him thinking that he would have the advantage of just his experience outside of NASCAR. So it was interesting to me that he won. I mean, 
Left turn, right turn. Yeah, not only that, but I think this is the the effect that Project 91 wants to have on NASCAR. They want to bring in drivers from other series, from other countries, and I think they're going to have a long line waiting to do that because now you can see that you can win in the series. Well, he even said after the race, he said that he's got one more year in, in yeah. the Australian mm -hmm. supercars, and then he said that he would love to do it. So it, the fact that it's drawing more interest globally, that's that's the, I think the win here. Yeah, love that for sure. And the racing news does not end there. One Xfinity driver is getting another chance behind the wheel of the next-gen car. We got those details just ahead. Yeah, and the Braves, they have two more opponents before the All-Star break, and they took on their first tonight up in Cleveland. We'll tell you what happened coming up. And it's that time of year. No, Hide no. your sweet puppies if you have them. <laughs> we know the fireworks are going to be loud all across the country come tomorrow night. That's right. Nothing says happy fourth like a fireworks show in the Charlotte Knights. Know that all too well. We're going to give you behind the scenes. Look at that uh, when Charlotte Sports Live returns. Well, here's a reminder that the cookout summer shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway is still happening right now. This is Keelan Harvick, Kevin Harvick's son, spinning laps. Awesome to see. CMS hosted round five tonight in U.S. Legends cars. The Speedway celebrating with dad vibes tonight, where dads of three or more got in for free. Tomorrow is round six on the 4th of July. First responders and military get in free with ID fireworks happening both nights as well. All right, back to the top series in racing. Cole Custer won the inaugural Xfinity race in Chicago yesterday, but today it was announced he's getting the opportunity to go back up racing. Custer will drive the number 51 for Rick Ware Racing starting this weekend in Atlanta. He'll also drive the Jacob Company's Ford Mustang at New Hampshire and Pocono. Custer has 111 starts in the Cup Series after driving full-time the last three seasons for Supercross Racing. All right, so we made a... Big deal of Shane Van Gisbergen <laughs> winning the inaugural Chicago uh, Street Race yesterday. But, Carly, you wanted to talk about the second-place finisher. I do. Justin Haley got his first top-five finish of the 2023 season yesterday and nearly won the race. Now, of course, Van Gisbergen was a little too much for him to hold off. But here's why I really want to talk about him. Justin Haley had to start at the back of the field in yesterday's race. Now, why did he have to start at the back? Well, he wasn't able to qualify. And why couldn't he qualify? Well, it was because he wrecked his car in practice on Saturday, and his team then had to quickly repair it overnight. And Justin Haley himself actually spent time wrapping his car that night. Now, this is significant, Grace, because if you don't follow NASCAR closely, you may not know that all the teams in NASCAR, well, they're not really created equal. Now, while college racing has made significant strides in the Cup Series since they first moved up in the start of 2022, their teams are much smaller than, let's say, a Hendrick Motorsports that supports four drivers and obviously all the employees underneath them. Drivers don't just choose to help wrap their cars themselves. And while I think most maybe would help their teams if they asked them, we'll never know because they actually don't have to, right? And the fact that Haley was able to turn around, maintain around 17th place in the race, then capitalize on NASCAR's decision to shorten the race to 75 laps, which then flipped the field I mean, that says a lot. It's worth noting. And, you know, that 31, he only has one other Cup Series race back in 2019. But this is significant. I think it just shows a lot that Justin Haley would do that. And not only that, but he benefited from it and came back to, to get a second place finish. He didn't win, which I think he wished that he would have. But, you know, it still says a lot to get. Well, it's huge because five. we would. this would be our headlining story if, if – Shane oh, Van yeah. Gisbergen didn't win. We're still talking about it because we think it's that great. But it's it's uh, you got to give props to the team, especially with everything that went on. Yeah, absolutely.
All right, it is time now for the quickest two minutes in all of sports. This is Quick Six, and it's been a minute, but Queen City News anchor Morgan Francis joins us tonight in an all-female cast. You ready? I'm starting to think you didn't like me. I know. We had to get you back on. <laughs> all right, Carla, you are up first. Lamella Ball just got paid $260 million by the Hornets. Do you like the fact that they're committed to keeping him here? I mean, I think so, because who else are they going to have as their franchise guy and really the guy and player that the city can can formulate around? So they really didn't have a lot of other options. I'm glad that they paid him, and now we don't have to speculate if he's going to stay or not. All right, Morgan, Panthers, they made a lot of changes this offseason. How many games do you think they will win? I'm going to be conservative. I want them to get past 500. Get me to 500. You got me on board. Let's let's start with baby steps here, <laughs> and we'll go on from there. You don't have to blow it out of the, out of the water. Just just impress me this year. So you're not asking for the division no, title. Setting not the bar. a whole lot. I'm just, just a standard. For a little bit. Just a standard. Yeah, they yeah. might like your take. All right, Carla. What other Braves player, if you can add another one, you to this All-Star game? They're all in there. I know. I feel like they are all in there. Marcel Zunia, maybe. I think he was a little bit of a snub, but I mean, you got. Eight players in there. Jesse Chavez, if he had not gotten injured, I would have really liked to have seen him, and I think he probably would have gotten selected too, uh, but man, the injuries. Well, they got the whole infield, so I think they're yeah. set. <laughs> All right, Morgan, Aaron Rodgers, he is no longer a member of your Green Bay Packers. Are you interested in still watching him, though? I, I am. I, I wish him well. Um, I think that he'll do well. He's a great player, right? And uh, excited to see. I still can't see him in a Jets jersey, though. It's just weird to me. He's been this in a Packers a jersey for so long. Yeah, different shade of green. <laughs> All right, Carla, is it a crime to only put ketchup on your hot dog? So I, we're only bringing this up because I guess there was a debate on Twitter. Maybe our WFNZ buddies over there saying that it was or wasn't a crime. Who cares what you put on your hot dog? If you want to put just ketchup on your hot dog, it's okay. I do prefer ketchup and onions, but uh, if there's no onions, then just ketchup's just fine. <laughs> Glad we got that Fair. settled. All right, Morgan, what is the best thing you've done to celebrate the 4th of July? Well, I have still all 10 fingers, so I haven't done oh. anything crazy <laughs> with the fireworks, okay? But uh, Green Bay, we've got some friends in Green Bay who have some pretty epic fireworks, and I wouldn't get a chance to see that this year. So That's awesome. All right, so we've already told you the Braves are sending a slew of players to Seattle next week, which includes their entire infield. But we'll look a little closer at the names coming up next. I mean, what a time to be a Braves fan. Not only are the Braves the top of the MLB power rankings to start the month, but they will be well represented, right, out in Seattle next week at the All-Star Game. I mean, I'm almost covering all the names. There's so many, but a franchise record eight players have been selected, and that includes the entire, yes, the entire infield for the Braves. Orlando Arcia, Sean Murphy, Ronald Acuna Jr., those are your starters, but that's not even half. Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, Matt Olson, and pitchers Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider will make their way out west after they wrap up their first half of the season against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, we still got two more series before the break, though, and all on the road tonight. They start with the Cleveland Guardians. Third inning, no score until Michael Harris II takes this one over the wall for a solo home run, and that puts the Braves up by one. Now, later the third, Braves up one. Ronald Acuna Jr., I mean, he's good at everything, if you haven't heard that by now, and he's pretty good at this on first and steal second for his 40th steal of the year. He's a little shaken up on the play, but he does stay in the game. So that's the good news. Later in at bat, Ozzie Albies hits a single off of Williams and Cunha Jr. comes around to score to put the Braves up by two. And from there, they just keep rolling. The Braves win your final tonight for two.
All right, the Knights were scheduled to take on the Tides in Norfolk, but started in a rain delay and later was postponed due to inclement weather. The game will be made up as part of a doubleheader in Norfolk at a date to be determined. The Knights will be back in Charlotte to light up Uptown tomorrow night. Speaking of, so the Knights always put on a good show on the field, but they also put on a good show in the skies, and that will certainly be the case for tomorrow night's 4th of July and military appreciation game. The fireworks show will be one of the best in the city, and as Queen City meteorologist Ted Faton explains, the group behind the spectacle has this process down to a science. So this thumb drive is the, you know, really is the show. Joel Matthews is the show director at Pyro Shows, putting on amazing demonstrations on Fridays at Truist Field. The explosive displays have gone digital, each launch being triggered by a small black box with an iPad, some buttons, and a USB drive. The sequence of up to 1,000 rounds per show is paired with music and uploaded as a script. Once triggered, the choreography of music, whistles, and booms illuminates the sky. It's a symphony of lights, all displayed on a fickle canvas. The weather. Let's face it, it's an issue. We're outside for all of our events. What may cancel a baseball game might not cancel a fireworks display. But everything is really weatherized. Once we get it set and ready for the field, then we can take a lot of you know, inclement weather. Even if rain does roll in at the bottom of the ninth, Matthew says the equipment can handle more than just a few drops. We go a step further and we use fire retardant uh, plastic bags. Now, rain is not the only thing to watch out for when it comes to fireworks displays. We also want low humidity and light winds to help push the smoke out of the way. Clear skies and no rain helps, but a temperature inversion or warmer air aloft will lock the smoke into place, which will also dull the show. We also found that humidity plays a role into safety. Humidity, wind really play a big, big part in not when you lay them, but the aftermath. With a perfect afternoon to put on our own fireworks display, we traveled from Truist Field across the border to Fort Mill, where Knight Stadium used to be. Jeff Kendall, engineer and driver for Engine 1 of Flint Hill Fire Department, says weather conditions in early spring and late fall can be dry, which can be a fire risk. Ashes do burn, so... What goes up sometimes comes down hot, catch things on fire. Though lighting fireworks can be fun, you need to assess the risk. That's why a local fire department is on standby for the over 22 demonstrations each season at Truist Field. We would rather be on scene than in trying to get there and wasting time because it can move pretty fast. And especially, you know, with fireworks, if there's a big fireworks show, that means big people and big crowds. And as the crowds grab those peanuts and cracker jacks, their eyes will be to the sky as the Charlotte Knights bring the fireworks back. Weather permitting, of course. Can't wait. All right, if you watched the Rocket Mortgage Classic yesterday, you're probably still reliving this moment. Ricky Fowler back Love in the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. Four years without a win. A long-awaited moment, just like our QC crowns. We've got those coming up next. The ground. Well, if you haven't listened to Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast yet, you're missing out. You can scan the QR code right now on your screen. Tap the button that pops up and subscribe. Get all of your Charlotte Sports news and chatter at the palm of your hand any day of the week.
That's pretty cool. Our QC crowns, those are also cool. These are our MVP moments of the day. And Grace, you get to hand out yours first. Okay, well, we're going to stick with the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., you mentioned him earlier. He's got over 20 home runs, 40 stolen bases, and 50 RBIs already this season through 84 games. He is the first player in American League and National League history to accomplish those numbers by the All-Star break. He's having one heck of a season. He is. I love to see it. All right, my crown goes to the NFL because, Grace, anytime that I see that the Panthers get some national love. It catches my eye um, because, you know, we're not used to seeing it, but the, they tweeted today videos of Frankie Louvu. Love this. 19 tackles for loss last season and tied for the lead in the NFC. Love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. All right, we'll see you back here tomorrow night.